If you are sitting on a pile of money and it's not making you any money, there's a lot of people who are in trouble right now who are pros on the rehab side. They just got caught with the speed of this market. And for very short-term money, you can make pretty good amount of dough. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here, Heather Marchant at home. Yeah. Heather Marchant at home. I am on uh, location from my home in my office. (laughs) Just sitting here in my office. Okay. And as you can clearly see, I've not even decorated it yet. Just, I, I've got so many other things going on. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Agreeable gray well, behind me is all we got. I forget I forget how much I've traveled. I had a call yesterday and they said, it's been a year since we spoke. You were on your way to Alaska. And I said, I've never been to Alaska. What? And then I realized it was Glacier National Park. And I've started to go through our, I went mm-hmm. through my year with my husband. And I said, do you realize how much we've traveled this year? Like, living the vision and living it now versus waiting until our kids are all grown. I mean, our youngest is six and I'm in my forties. So (laughs) I'm not going to be a spring chicken when it's time to, I know. Gosh, weren't you in your twenties when I met you? Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel so old, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everybody. Thanks. Well, thanks for that reminisce, uh, Heather. So, Hey, take the vision out of it instead of the age. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got out of it. It was Ron's old. Okay, everybody. So we have had um, a lot of fun with um, talking about all kinds of stuff in the market, but we're going to take a little different spin on it today because Heather and I, we decided we're going to share with you some of what's going on with us and some of the things you, you guys know we're building, some properties and we're we are seeing we are experiencing personally and seeing some things that might give you guys those of you who are rehabbers wholesalers people who are in the business might give you a leg up just kind of knowing what's happening and some of you out there might know this and some of you might not some of you might be experiencing this for yourself and don't know how to fix it and so we'll talk about those things as well today so solutions based podcast today it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to talk about the problem first though Yeah. And I think it's interesting because when you mentioned this this morning, I didn't realize that this, like I kind of thought of it as our own little struggle and our own issue that we've been having Mm -hmm. instead of looking at this from a global perspective for big builders. I mean, we're building a couple little houses. (laughs) Like we're not, we're not a DR Horton or a Roush Coleman Homes that's building hundreds, you know? So really interesting. So in our project in Arkansas, we have we have land that we've owned for several years and we use the land as collateral to build so no money down like this is is the greatest thing ever right (laughs) we're we're gonna get we'll have equity when we get done cash flow if we want it sell it if we want it whatever right and no no money into this deal yeah basically (laughs) yes and the market could handle a long-term rental or a short-term rental i mean our exit strategies were plentiful it was super exciting and still is but it's just a little different so in the last what ron three weeks we've kind of yeah but i mean the problem started quite a ways back and let me back up another step this all came up because this whole podcast idea came up because 
yesterday I was on with um, some of my coaching students. You all know I run a, a very small mastermind group of business owners. Not all of them are in real estate, but yesterday I happened to talk to two in real estate and we were talking about this because one of them got stuck with a, there's this, this house and it's not, nobody's buying the wholesale deal at the price she thought that the wholesale would be. And, and really the market shifted so fast. This thing shifted so fast that it would have been really hard to plan for that. And she's not upside down. It's not a big problem. But I told her yesterday, I said, I bet you there's a bunch of people out there who were doing a lot of deals, not a handful of deals, a lot of deals. Mm-hmm. And they're in the same place. Now, imagine you multiply that by like 20 or 30. Now it's a problem. It's not just a speed bump. It's a problem. That's kind of where w- this led into this conversation. And Heather and I were like, oh, yeah, we're in the same boat. Like, this is not a whole lot different with us. Mm-hmm. Little different, but not entirely different with our with our construction. Okay. And Q story. Heather. Q story. So we hire a builder. And we get a survey done. And those were like our only expenses, a perk test and a survey. And it was just kind of slow moving. And I followed up fairly regularly and just said, hey, what's the update? And they're like, oh, waiting on permits, waiting on this, waiting on that. And I said, okay, like, when do you think we're going to start? Like, this is taking a long time. And I think it's been about maybe eight months until we started, I felt like actually moving, maybe six Yeah, like really hot and heavy building. Yes, ever to start. And as an aside, I would just say across the country with very few outliers, permits in the government are a massive, massive problem in getting any units out of the ground. So they're not helping anything. And you know you can only blame COVID for so long. So we're we're way past blaming COVID. I'm not sure what the hell their problem is now, but it's a problem. You can't get permits for months. I mean, there's no excuse for that. Yeah. So, so then um, we finally start moving. We're getting um, some draw requests from the builder, and I didn't take a good enough look and compare it against the budget. So that was my first fail is I got these invoices and just said, oh, okay, like, sounds good. We're moving. Like I was yeah, when, we, when we first got our budgets, our budgets were based on before all of the craziness with the price increases. Yeah. So now we're way over budget. Yeah. Like out of the gate, way over the budget. So the bank comes back. Now we've had several times we've talked about commercial loans. We've talked about what banks do to protect themselves. Well, here's another example of what banks do to protect themselves. Now imagine you, you're doing 20 or 30 of these. Imagine you are a national builder. Imagine you are, you know, just a rehabber that's, you know, gotten pretty large or a wholesaler that's trying to sell (laughs) to a rehabber. You're in the same position, right? So now the bank comes back and says, Hey, well, we can't do any more draws. You guys are way over budget. You have to get back on budget. So how do we get back on budget? Not at the end. Yeah. You get back on budget right now. Yeah. Okay. So the bank's making us come up with a bunch of money to get us back on track. Now, the appraiser that appraised this didn't change the appraisal. So what's happened with values? Well, values have gone up at a higher pace than the costs have. Mm -hmm. So we should be fine. But of course, you guys have heard me talk about appraisers before on the show. Appraisers are lazy right now because they can be. And in addition to that, they don't like changing their mind. Once they've set, this is what it is. You can give them all the evidence you want. 
doesn't make any difference. And of course, that's what happened in our case. So now the bank calls us back and says, well, you got to pony up. Heather and I are fortunately, we're in a, we're in a position that's not a big deal. I mean, it's not the end of the world. We don't like it. It's not the end of the world. But there's a lot of people out there who are pretty leveraged and are not in the same position. Mm-hmm. Cue the next part of the story. We'll tell you how, Heather, should we wait? We'll, we'll tell you how we solved our problem in a minute. Oh, nope. In a minute, we will. Let's do it in a minute because on <laughs> the next part of this is kind of like adding to the story. We've had several national builders reach out to us recently. Mm-hmm with not an insignificant amount of standing inventory, mm-hmm. meaning it's already built, ready to be sold, and it's not moving as fast as they need it to move. And why do they need it to move quickly? Well, because they also have loans. Like They can't keep building properties if they don't sell these off. right? So they're stuck because the market's exactly. not moving as fast as it was. It's not even that the houses aren't worth it. It's not even that people won't buy them. It's that they're not selling at a fast enough pace for what they were, the, what they had in the pipeline to build, so they need they need to move them. And one of our builders, they were moving ten properties a week in this particular market, like not nationwide, but in this market, and they were reduced to five, like almost like what you said, Ron, like coming to a grinding halt, like yep. the breaks so fast that they are going, whoa, what are we going to do? You know. Yeah. And not in a market where the market has collapsed. The values haven't collapsed. They still can sell these properties at these prices. The challenge is the velocity. If you think about the chain that we just talked about, Heather and I just talked about, imagine that now on a national builder scale and in markets all across the country and their financing, whether it's internal or not, is irrelevant. You can't keep that pace up if there's a log jam at the end. Yeah. So. That causes problems. And then, you know, as I'm talking to my coaching students, then I I called another one of my buddies and I said, Hey man, what's going on with you? And he's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's steady, but things have slowed down. Although it's easier to have conversations with the sellers because the sellers, because this happens so fast and with so much force, people now realize that that game's over. Like you can't, even the retail sellers, the people who are kind of in trouble because this guy buys from people who are in trouble. Mm-hmm. They understand they don't have the world by the stones anymore, right? They're in trouble and they need help. So it's easier to have those conversations. There's just less of those conversations being had for his business. So his business slowed down, although it's easier to have conversations. And so in addition to that, he said, there's a bunch of guys out there who need money to finish their projects. And why do they need money to finish their projects, Heather? Same reason we had. <laughs> Or similar, I should say. I mean, take our situation and multiply it by 30. All of a sudden, that isn't a no big deal. It's a, That becomes very uncomfortable. And if you were leveraged out because you thought the gravy train wasn't ending, you could be in a real problem. Yeah. I mean, yep. all of a sudden that turns into, you know, multiplying that out. You're, you could be at a million and a half, $2 million easy, very, very quickly. Exactly. And that's not chump chains that people just have sitting around, generally speaking. Well, yeah, who in, in with inflation and stuff, who's going to sit and just keep a million bucks liquid? You know what I mean? So we've been focused on that as a business, on having more liquid. I know I have personally as well, just yep. because then that's partly why I have the cash to not have to stress about this Arkansas project, because I've yeah. been a little more liquid. 
than a normal. And and you would be surprised at who's caught in this, right? It's not just your one man or woman band rehabber or wholesaler. Some of these people are probably people that you would recognize their name. Yeah. And you know, when the banks shut off the money, it's a problem. And so we'll talk about solutions here in just a minute, but let's, I guess, so that's the problem. And where there's a problem, there's also an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about the opportunity. We're going to talk about the solutions just in case you guys are caught in the middle of this. Heather, let's talk about our solution. Yeah. Um, so data is what we needed. So at that point, I just pulled all the data together of, okay, here's what our cost per square foot was when we first started. Here's where it is now. Here's where market values are. Here's where market cost to build is right now. And just get gathering all the data so that we knew where we were at. The good news and all of that is we still have some, a good amount of potential equity. So we still have our options. We still have our sell it, keep it, long-term rental, short-term rental options. And we, I don't think we've really decided where we're going just yet, but we met with the builder. So I just kind of sat back and watched Ron work a little bit <laughs> with, with the builder. I mean, we basically just negotiated with him yeah. because, you know, I mean, part of this was, part of this is a market driven. Part of this was driven by, you know, it was, it was too slow. Yeah. We'd have been, we'd have been a little quicker. We wouldn't have had any of this problem. We'd have been done and we'd have been sold. Mm -hmm. um, so we just negotiated and um, we're, we're, we're splitting this right now. So it lowers ours so that we can continue to do with the other projects that we have. And we have a unique deal with this builder anyway. So a little bit different than the national builders, a little bit different than these other guys we're talking about. So we were able to negotiate our way out of this and pay our invoices and then get straight with the bank so we can continue to get funding. Um, so one of the solutions for everybody else, that's kind of out there. It's not in a unique situation. Like we are, you still need to be able to negotiate. This is one of the biggest skills that you'll ever learn in your life. I was just talking to another buddy of mine the other day. I, I'm, you know, people who can negotiate and people who have sales skills are the highest paid people on the planet. They just are. Yeah. Um, so skill. learn the skills. Yeah. So they're really important. Um, so what can you do if you're sit in, if you're stuck in these situations, um, there are other people out there who are in the business who can do gap loans to help you finish projects so that you can get them done and sold. And that's one of the most important things you can do right now, get them done, get them sold or get them refinanced or whatever you're doing with them, get them done. You can't have multiple projects out there stalled because you can't get money from the bank or can't get money anymore from your hard money lender. Um, a lot of the hard money lenders too, you can negotiate with those guys. Mm -hmm. They, you know, depending on who it is, I mean, if they're local to your market and they don't mind having your property, well, they might not negotiate with you at all. <laughs> In which case, find some gap money um, from somebody else. Well, and just be one thing we didn't talk about, Ron, I just realized is we at first, our first course of action was to see if there, I mean, we mentioned it, but to see if the appraised value had gone up mm -hmm. so the bank would loan us more money, which it did a little bit, not enough, right? So the bank is fronting a little more money, we're fronting a little money and the builder's fronting money as a solution. But that is like you were saying, the gap money, right? Check with the, the lender who's financing the construction. See if you can... Get and more. then um, your vote matters. 
the morons who um, created the appraisal problem, they should all be lined up and shot. But short of that, we could just vote them out. So pay attention when you're out there voting. Midterms are coming up. Local, state, and federal, all three. Don't forget and overlook the local and the, because the local and the state is where most of this crap happens, mm -hmm. but federal as well. Remember all of the people who decided to be communists and socialists and let's vote them out. I don't care which party, all of them, vote them out. Put somebody in there who understands that you can't do that in a free market society. So they basically took the free market away on the, on the appraisers, right? The appraisers answer to no one now. They are a body in and of themselves. And it doesn't matter if they do a crappy appraisal. It doesn't make any difference. They could be the worst appraiser in the world. They're still going to put on the Russian roulette. And if, they're, if their bullet gets pulled, they're getting paid full boat and they can do a crappy job. They can do it as slow as they want. It doesn't make any difference. Yep. They've completely eliminated the free market from appraisals. They should have just punished the people who are gaming the system and threw them in jail. Problem solved. Instead, they've created a whole other problem, a whole host of other problems. Anyway, and a problem for everybody else. I was yep. having a conversation with my kids about that this week. They started middle school and they're super frustrated by all the rules. And my daughter was in tears last night about all the threats of detention for like lots of different things. Like if you're late to class three times, you have a detention and she was losing it. And I just said, look, this is just how adult life is too. That the few people <laughs> spoil it for everybody else that she's so afraid of detention. And I said, look, it's just a consequence. Like, whew, like take it, take it down a notch. And take I it down think a notch. you will not <laughs> die in detention. You will not just, tell her Ron, just, just tell her Ron said, <laughs> you're not going to die in detention. I spent plenty of time in detention. <laughs> All good. No problem. <laughs> That's a good point. I, sh I will tell her that because I never did. So it makes it worse when I'm like, well, I never had detention, but I know you're not. I never had detention, it. but you're bad. And so now, of course, you're going to have detention. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right yeah just send them my way i'll i'll gladly gladly help them out with what to do in detention <laughs> you know especially if you're a person that never goes there it's almost like you're going to prison it's not yes. really it's yes. not really you'd be all right, you'd be all right. <laughs> okay so back at it here I, sorry for the aside on the appraisals but it's such a pain in the butt for everybody in the real estate world such a pain in the butt and it's so unnecessary but since there's nothing we can do about it what do you do? Well, you do nothing. We sent up proof with closing documents of what the value is for the exact same property. And the dude said, now nah, we're going to stick with this. Okay, cool, dude. Fine. So you have to be prepared to just shell out money if you get a crappy appraiser like we did. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, in our process, our clients maybe don't know this. In our process, we have our sellers meet the appraiser at the property and they bring recent sales. So the, the it's super easy. Like here you go, buddy. So like, lazy. They're the, exactly. and and they didn't used to be. That's the crazy thing yeah. about this. They used to be yeah. great, and now they're so lazy and entitled. It's unbelievable. And it, the government has created it. Don't get me started on anything else government related. Heather, we got to change the topic. Or I'm going to start talking about the free money they just <laughs> well, gave out to all people for education. I'm going <laughs> to die over here. So I think the yeah. cool part or the cool takeaways from this for investors at least one of them, is that we are getting more inventory and yes. they're built and ready to close. We're not, because a lot of the building build stuff we've had, the construction, I'm sorry, new construction has been 
hey, you can buy this in a year. I mean, that's been going on for us for a couple of years now. Yep. And no one would give us the time of day because there was these bidding wars on property. Why would you? Because there's a locked in price, but we could put it on the market and they'll bid it up. Okay. Well, the bidding it up is over and the market has calmed down now. It's it's kind of a, a, a normal market until the builders resize the amount of properties that they're building. Yeah. They're going to have a little extra and that's good for us right? It's not so much extra that it's going to cause any kind of a, a downturn in prices, but it is because we still, we still don't have enough properties, but it's too many right now on the market, which is the yes. problem. They, yes. they didn't time this well, kind of like Heather and I, we just didn't quite time it. Um, well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, be prepared for that. Like be prepared for looking at property that can close before the end of the year, get your tax benefits, have it be built, ready to close and we're able to, to negotiate again, Ron. Oh my gosh. I don't know how long it's been that I've fun. just been like, oh, that's what you're willing to give. Like, what about this? No. What about that? No, I can go sell to somebody else. I mean, we, there's been very little room for a girl at the dance people. That's right. Hot girl at the dance. Okay. So if you're sitting on a pile of money, if you're one of the ones who's sitting on a pile of money, you know, in your local RIA, uh, real estate investor association, if you didn't know what that means, and if you don't know what that means, you probably should go figure out how to do this first before you... Uh, let me just put a disclaimer on, on what I'm about ready to say. If you don't already know how to loan money, you should not do what I'm doing unless you go figure it out first. Okay, so there's my disclaimer. But if you are sitting on a pile of money and it's not making you any money, there's a lot of people who are in trouble right now who are pros and know what they're doing on the rehab side. They just got caught with the speed of this market. And for very short-term money, you can make pretty good amount of dough. It's not that they can't, they just got stalled out. They can't finish them because the banks or their hard money people won't give them any more money. Kind of like Heather and I, right? So if we had 30 of these, we probably would have stalled a few of them because I'm not sure I'm willing to give up that much money to get them done, right? But some of these people just straight up don't have it. And so they're really stalled. There's money to be made. There's opportunities there. Or you can go and offer to buy some of these at their cost and finish them yourself. There's all kinds of different ways that you can profit from this and help other people, right? So we're not preying on anybody. We're literally helping people who are in a jam here. Mm. And I'm not going to say through no fault of their own because uh, it kind of was. I mean, they were, they were going crazy. Everybody knew that the market didn't feel right. And people should have backed off a little bit. They should have put more money in the bank and they didn't. So their fault. Okay. Yep. But you're sitting on cash right now. You could be a godsend to those people and you can make a pile of money yourself on short-term notes. Yeah. Cause like our properties, there's a good amount of equity in there. If we didn't have the mm -hmm. cash and we needed to go seek out a partner to bring in some cash, mm -hmm. they would be in very, in, we're going to be finished with this project in what, 60 days, less than 60 days. Yep. You can make a good amount of money if you find someone that just didn't stay as liquid. Yeah. And I probably would have rather than shell out all of my money on that property, right? On those properties. If we had 20 of them yeah. going, we, yeah. pro we probably would have sought a partner to finish yeah. those up and get them out on the market or, or keep them either way. And so I'm telling you, this is happening. I have friends who are doing these right now who are in a position to be able to make that happen. And they're making good money 
on short-term notes, helping people out. Now, do not go help the newbie out that doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't have any equity in their property. That's a bad move for you. And you're not really helping them either. I mean, maybe you're helping them, but you're screwing yourself in the process. So don't do that. There's a lot of people out there who have plenty of equity like Heather and I do. And like some of these other guys do. They're just stuck because they need financing and they got too many properties that they need to finish. So there's an opportunity there. And or to just buy some properties at a discount direct from the seller. You just kind of have to be in that game and in the know. So you'd have to get to the RIA. You have to get to know these people and let them know you've got money to help out. Love that. Yeah. And we have clients that have that time, but also love the challenge and the creativity. So yeah. Now I will say this. None of what we said means that the market has fallen apart. I mean, there are parts of the country, Heather and I've already talked about them that are having um, you know, declines in property values. And anyone with a brain could have known they were going to. Yeah. But the rest of the country, it's just not. Things are not falling apart. It just takes longer to sell your property. So yep. 10 a week for the, these guys is now five. That doesn't mean that the market's falling apart because they haven't reduced their prices. And I can tell you, um, I, I just had my house appraised and it appraised for more than I thought it would. And, you know, there's properties just a couple of neighborhoods away. Properties are still selling and they're selling for a lot of money. There's just no, no bidding war. And you better have your property in pristine condition for it to be marketable, to put on the market, to get what it's worth. You just can't put a piece of crap on the market and expect it's going to move. And as a matter of fact, Heather, we were just talking about this the other day. Those properties that people put on the market that are not in the, that condition those are the ones you should be making offers on because they're not going to move. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to buy a piece of crap for top dollar anymore. Agreed. And if those people can't figure it out and they don't have the money to fix it up, that's an opportunity as well. So if you're shopping for your personal residence, those are the properties you should be making, I guess, lower, lower, low ball bids on because they're the ones who are going to sit on the market forever. Yep. Pristine ones, they're still going to sell. They're still going to sell for really good money. Agreed. There's a lot of opportunity. That's that's the exciting part. Lots of opportunity. Man, so much. And the opportunity is, it's not going to stop. I was talking about this with somebody the other day too. I can't remember who it was. There's opportunity littering the streets of the United States all over the place, both business and real estate all over the place. And if you just, if you know, if you, I was telling this person, just get out of your way enough to be able to see it. It's literally everywhere. I, I was telling somebody uh, that that same person, I was telling them like, I have, there's so many opportunities coming at me right now. I can't catch them. I can't even catch a quarter of them and not just in real estate, in business. And I mean, just it's literally everywhere. So with yeah, that said, looking through the lens of fear, look through the lens of opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Get out of your way, man. There's so much that's good going on. Um, inside of our Facebook group, we just posted a video of somebody who bought at the top of the market, buddy of mine, yeah. um, who's been on the show, bought at the top of the market before the crash last time and still made 30% average annual over the next 10 years. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot of reason to be scared and there's a whole lot of reason to be excited about what's happening right now. So 
Um, and he bought new construction, like typically, like yeah. I mean, it was like if you worst. couldn't have picked a worse time or a worse type of property to buy, because yep. he paid max price. There was he paid retail for the property at the height of the market at the exact worst possible time, and then over the next ten years, he made thirty percent annual average annual return. Just incredible. Um, so, anyway, opportunities everywhere in spite of the fact that what's going on and that the things are a little bit crazy right now and people are trying to figure things out, there's tons of opportunity inside of that, inside of real estate, if you just look for them and be creative. Love so it. get out there and make something happen, people. Till next time. No excuses. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.